y'all. Welcome to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa, your host. Today is the very first episode that I have someone actually sitting beside me while I recorded this episode. It's the first face-to-face chats in the blog cabin, not from the blog cabin. If y'all are new here, the blog cabin is a storage shed, a storage building that my husband and I bought, well, I bought actually, and my husband with the sweat equity created a space for me to work outside of the home. I'd always thought that maybe one day I would hold parties or, you know, have like little girls days here or whatever, but the space is a little bit too small for that. But I did hold my first chat and it's only fitting that my first chat is with my friend Hannah. You may have heard her the other day. This is the second part of her first interview. Um, She actually was in episode 51. And during this time, I thought her story was so great that I could not, you know, edit it to where I would just leave it at that story and not share that story. She had internet issues that day and she suggested that we or she come to the blog cabin and we'll record together. And that's what happened last night. She came in. We recorded um, episode 52 of Chats in the Blog Cabin together. Sitting side by side. And it was such a great and such a fun chat. That I think I'm going to have her back. And we're going to do more of a hot topics every couple of months. Of talking about things that are just on our minds. But today's topic is kind of heavy. It's all about our mental health. And Hannah actually shared the, her story with me last year. But her story is one that is a perseverance and of strength. She also started out with she had a lot of anxiety going into college. And I'll let her tell the rest of the story. But she thought about ending her life. I, for one, am so happy that she's not in her life. Because she has blessed me in more ways than, than she'll ever know. That's why it's important that we talk about mental health. That's why it's important that I didn't want to scrap that first interview with her, with her internet issues. So that's why episode 51 is just a brief snippet, but 52 is her whole story and the blog cabin. So I hope you enjoyed listening to her story, learn from her story, and reach out. There are, I will put in the show notes, the resources that we talked about, also a link to her YouTube her video of her telling her whole story. You know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. a special edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin. It's the very first in-person <laughs> chat 
And I couldn't imagine anybody I would rather have the first in-person chat with than my friend Hannah. Hannah, you may remember, we started a chat last week and her internet was really bad. So <laughs> she agreed to come. We kind of worked it out together that she would come on. So and Hannah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, as Melissa said, we are friends. We met through blogging and sorry for the technical difficulties last week. We're going this is even better. Um, <laughs> I have a blog called The Hannah Hardy where I blog about all things makeup and beauty and a little bit of everything. And I um, I went to Meredith College and I graduated in 2013. And I work in agricultural lending by day. And then I blog and do that for fun at night. Now, Hannah, there was a really important reason why I wanted you to come on. And because September is Mental Health and Suicide Awareness Month. And so that's one of the reasons why I had to tag to come on this time. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Okay. So um, I've always been the girl with the plan. I can remember my senior year of high school. None of my friends knew where they wanted to go to college or what they want to do for a career or a major. And I always did. I knew I wanted to go to Meredith. I knew I wanted to major in fashion merchandising. I knew I wanted to go to Paris and study abroad. And then when I was done, I was off to a big city to be a buyer or whatever. The road was open. I applied for jobs all over and, None of that came true. I've always heard, you know, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. And that is for sure of the reason that he laughs all the time is at me. I found myself <laughs> after, <laughs> too, so don't worry. after graduation with no job and not a whole lot of prospects. And I was just really down, you know, it was, you know, no after no after no. And I thought, well, I thought I did everything right. You know, I went to college, got a degree, got the grades and I still come up short. I did get a job that started part-time. It went to full-time, moved out to my own place and started working. And I was still really heavily dependent on my parents for finances, which I did not like, but I was working and that was a step in the right direction. Well, the place I worked was, the location wasn't the best. It was a cosmetic store and I worked by myself. So I had all day to just get in my own head and Think about everything I wasn't doing, not everything that I had going for me, of course, dwell on the negative. And anxiety has been something I've struggled with a long time, and it was just compounding. And I think being alone too much just allowed me to get in my head and, and get me in a very, very dark and bad place. And I would see my friends, you know, getting promotions or buying houses or doing this. And I'm like, I can't even get a full time job. I can't even pay my rent without asking my mama for some money. And, you know, I was just down. I was like, I, is it ever going to get better? Like, I just didn't. I just thought I had messed up so bad in life. And it got to be a point I had stopped taking my anxiety medicine, which, word to the wise, if you take anxiety medication, never just stop cold turkey. They tell you that, but I don't listen. So um, I decided I didn't need it anymore when I got the job. And so that coupled with all the long time and comparison and um I'm watching. um <laughs> all that just um it got to me and I just got and I was like I just don't want to be here anymore like I'm such a failure I, I can't find a job I can't use this degree that you know my parents have you know gotten for me essentially and you know that I work so hard for and I just I can't do it anymore and so I I was I had planned to go home and take my own life and that's very hard to say, but it's the truth. Um, no shame here. Well, I will say I'm thankful you didn't because me too. We I've been truly blessed to have you as a friend, and that goes both ways. 
and again, tell God your plan, and he laughed, so he, he said, not today, and when I got home to my apartment, you know, my dog was waiting for me, and he was so excited to see me, and I looked at him, and I thought, I can't do this, you know, I thought, he depends on me, you know, he's always excited to see me, if nothing else is going right, I'm good in his eyes, and you know, obviously somebody could have taken care of the dog, but you know, I'm his mom. He relies on me to love him, feed him, all that. And so he, you know, I joke that I'm a crazy dog lady and that's very true, but he's just, he's more than a dog to me. He was my saving grace. I love that. Now tell us a little bit about your dog because your dog is, he's got to be the cutest. <laughs> Besides my Allie. I was about to say, I'm going to tell Allie. Of course, Allie. Allie's all over my brand, so if you doesn't know who Allie is, you need to go look at my brand because she's all over it. She's part of the block cabin. She was out here earlier. I know. She should be here. Um, Windsor's a peekapoo. I got him the December before I graduated in May. He'll be eight in October. And he loves his grandma more than he loves me now, but that's okay. He still loves me too, but him and his grandma are BFFs. But he's just, he's just the best. Yeah, you know, your grandma stayed, I mean the grandma, not your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> um, she stays home with him more, so that's why he loves her more. Oh, yeah. She probably gives him a lot of treats. and Constant and attention and constant throwing the ball. And Now, what would sure. you say to somebody who is contemplating this? How would you talk them through it? You know, what, your, from your experience, what's the thing that you could tell people? So the big thing is to ask for help because you feel like you're alone. Nobody feels like you do. Nobody's has it as bad as you do or, you know, you just feel isolated even though you're not. And there's a lot of great resources out there. And I did, this is what kind of kickstarted my getting my relationship with the Lord in the right place. But if that's not for everybody, um, there's great resources online. You can chat with a counselor. I did that because I, I had too much pride to go to therapy. I don't need yeah. that. I don't need that. And so I could sit behind my computer screen where I felt safe, but still get help and talk and connect with someone. And that was really helpful because, you know, some people don't do face to face. That's uncomfortable for them. So there's great resources online. Um, the National Suicide Hotline is very important. There are people you can call. Um, there's got to be somebody in your life. And if there's not, Look me up on Instagram and call me. But. <laughs> uh oh, and you want to get some of those um, sugar daddies on Instagram. Well, <laughs> looking for that too. Um, no, but there's there are people that love you, even when you feel unlovable, even when you don't love yourself. There's somebody somewhere that cares about you. And if you can't find anybody else, know that the Lord does. And He has a purpose for your life and a plan. And just get on your knees and pray. I mean, when there's. I've heard, you know, when it, when you can't take it anymore, when you can't stand anymore, get on your knees and pray. And that's, that's very true. That is so true. Now, there's a lot of stigma behind being on medication. Um, can you talk about how it helped you so that people know that it's not a bad thing to actually oh, no. on medication? I was kind of secretive about it for a little while, but now... Let your freak flag fly. Like, I don't care. You know, if you need it, you need it. If it helps, it helps. Medication helps some people. Therapy helps some people. It's all a combination of both. But not doing anything isn't the answer. And when I started taking it, 
I had my doctor, of course, recommended that I speak to somebody. And I had gone to I was in college and I had gone to the counselor on campus. But my thing was I knew in my head that I was I was making a mountain out of a molehill, but I couldn't get my heart on the same page. Like I knew it deep down that, that it wasn't that big of a deal or I didn't need to worry about that or whatever. But I couldn't get my head and my heart on the same page. Yes. And so I went on uh, medication 2011, maybe. And then, like I said, I got decided I didn't need it anymore in 2013. And that was a bad idea. And I still take it. And I, I have no shame. You know, I hope to not take it for my whole life. But if I need to, I need to. Do you think that college age is more when people are more likely to get that anxiety and to get that that fear of they don't know what's going on and they're worthless and they're not lovable? There's there's pressure in high school. I don't think I knew what anxiety was in high school, but it, that's probably where mine started because it's just drilled into your head. You have mm -hmm. to do extracurriculars. You have to get this on the SAT. You have to make these grades and get this GPA. Or if you don't, you're not going to college. And that was important to me was to have a strong academic background because I knew I wanted to go to college. And so I would, you know, while everybody was out on Friday night, I was at home doing homework, just trying to get ahead or whatever I could because academics are, were, I mean, performance in school was important to my parents, but it was also a lot of pressure I put on myself. It was like you, your worth was wrapped up in, in the letter grade I got. Oh, for grade, sure. For know. sure. And so then you get out of high school and you go to college and it's a whole new set of because you have to prove yourself because in high school they won't kick you out but you know to, to a certain extent in college there's no babysitting or calling your mom to tell you you didn't do your homework yeah. you know and if you don't do your homework you're going to fail no you just fail and you go home like it's <laughs> there's not the hand holding there even at a smaller school like I went to and so there's that pressure and then you graduate I mean I started preschool at three years old and I graduated college at 21 all I knew was to go to school I've gone to school my whole life and then grad school was not something I wanted to pursue. So I graduated in May and I wasn't going back to school in August. And that's all I've ever known. Yeah. So you leave and you're like, well, now what? I got to get a job. I got to be an adult. I got to pay bills. I have to find somewhere to live, you know. And that pressure is crushing because you got to find a job, but you want to find a good job and, you know, a job you're proud of and a job that pays well and, all of that and job market was not great when I graduated and you know entry-level positions were hard to come by and so I think it starts depending on your personality it can start earlier than college oh, Wow. for me I know it did I just didn't know what it was do you think there was a comparison that I'm thinking about because I have three girls and you are a family of three girls and you're the youngest, am I correct? Correct. Okay. Do you think it's a comparison of the other two were like with Gracie, like Gracie's the youngest and, you and the other two are kind of in college of succeeding and Gracie still doesn't know what she wants to do with her life. Right. Do you think that you had that with some kind of a pressure too as well for you a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. And it was from myself, not from my yeah. parents. It was definitely... You know, my older sister's always been really smart. She went to Carolina. She she always knew what she wanted to do, too. And I saw how hard she worked. I mean, she knew at, like, five years old she wanted to be a pharmacist and go to Carolina. And I watched her work her whole school career, I guess you could say, to get to Carolina, to get into pharmacy school. And I was like, 
well, she did it. I can do that too. And I always wanted to do everything they did anyway. And my middle sister was at Meredith too. And you know, she's in college too. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get the grades. I'm trying to, you know, with my, like I said, my parents are never, you have to have straight A's or bust. But was that internal pressure that you? Oh, hundred. Yeah, but if, to me, it was because you didn't think that you measured up to them in your mind. Yes, it's not anything that your parents did. No, no, it's the internal. Yeah, like I had to have the GPA and be in the honor society and be a North Carolina scholar and do all those things because that made me feel like I had reached, like I could see, like worthy value. Yeah, tangible value. accolades from all of my hard work. So. How are you different now than when you were in college? Oh, so many things. Um, you know, yes, what would you tell your younger self? And that, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just, it'll be okay. It might not be okay today. It might not be okay tomorrow. Hell, it might not be okay a year from now. But it will be okay. And you're on nobody's time clock. Nobody says you have to become a CEO, get married, buy a house and a car and a Labrador in, you know, 30 minutes after you graduate. Wow, that would be a lot 30 minutes. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like societal pressures. Uh -huh. You go to college, you graduate, you get married, you buy a house, you have kids, you ride off into the sunset, I guess. But that's just, that's not, not my path. Yeah. And then also, too, you're from a very small town and you had a small graduating class, am I correct? Yeah. So that's probably going to have pressure on you because weren't you voted most likely to succeed? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that still makes me laugh. That's some kind of internal pressure. But yeah, it's honestly, like if I go back to my junior union and I don't have like a decent job, that's not going to look good for me. <laughs> but you know what? You are succeeding because you're succeeding where others are like, they're thinking about the J-O-B. You're thinking about your success your is personal and your personal successes and emotional well-being. Oh, for because sure. Because there's a lot of people out there that can't deal with anything right. emotional at all. Yeah, success is measured differently for different people, but... I think I'm successful. So how did your parents, I know you, Hannah shared this story with me last year, was it last year? Or two years ago. When we first started doing Proverbs 31 online Bible Maybe, studies together. Was it last, I think last year. I think last year. Um, it, we actually kind of, we knew each other, but we didn't really know each other. And Hannah was like, posted on Instagram that she was doing this Bible study with online Bible study with Proverbs 31, and I'm like, oh, I'm doing it too. You want to meet up? And that's how her and I got so super close. I mean, she is one of these friends that if I don't hear from within a week, I'm texting to make sure she's okay. <laughs> uh, or, you know, we're just sending stu crazy, stupid things to each other oh, yeah. sometimes, and we're like, did you see this on Instagram? Right. Or best, especially talking about the, um, the royal family and all the... My people. Yeah, her people. But, you know... When you told me that story, I just, my heart just, you know, just felt for you. I was like, here you are, this amazing person. And you didn't see that. I mean, you didn't see that at all. You didn't see what amazing person mm -hmm. you are. And you actually, she's actually, Hannah's one of the reasons why I started Chats in the Blog Cabin. Because she encouraged me to get out of my own head. And I think we both did that. That's what I say, and you did it for me, too. So, so it and, worked both ways. And are you still doing your YouTube things or not so much? Not so much. Uh, the initial goal was to just post that video where I shared my story, my testimony, whatever you want to call it. Because I just kept feeling God nudging at me to, to share. It'll help somebody somewhere, some way, someday. And I, I would, you know ignoring i was like i don't want to like it's very personal to me i don't i don't i just don't know 
But it just kept telling me and telling me and telling me. And you can only ignore God for so long. But I was just scared. I was scared to death. Somebody's going to judge me. Somebody was going, I was going to fail. Nobody's going to watch it. Nobody's going to care. And then I was like, but then I had to remember I was doing it. I was doing it as much for me as I was for anybody. And she finally gave me the nudge to do it. And it just takes too long. You know, I told you the internet story. So take, uploading a video <laughs> is like a week long thing that I just don't have the patience for. And then you have to edit. And I, I like writing my blog. I can say what I need to say. But that's also on. another thing that you've done that's a little bit differently. You originally had another a first blog. I did. And then you switched out of it because you felt like it was just pulling you down and that it was all about the money and that's not what you wanted. Right. See, probably the old Hannah would have continued on with that blog. Am I correct? Probably just because on the outside it looked like I was fine. And I had it together because I was posting cute outfits and tips and things like that. So you'd have never known. Yeah, but now it's all about makeup and what she wears. And yep. And I mean, she's beautiful inside and outside. Well, thank you. Now let's talk about Windsor for a minute. Tell us about Windsor's name because this is a really cool, cute <laughs> story. Remember, Windsor is the one that saved her when she came home and she saw him and she knew she could not do it. And his precious she baby was, angel face. <laughs> so his name is when I was I had picked out the puppy and I couldn't decide what to name him. And I was thinking about Wills, because that's what they call William Wills. And my mom's like, I don't think I don't think so. And I was like, how about Windsor? And it just kind of, and it's funny because my best friend's name, last name is Windsor. And her family had a dog named Hannah. <laughs> what are the odds? So we went with Windsor for the royal family. They're, a member, they're from the house of Windsor. And his middle name is Cambridge for the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, because they're my people. And so he's a little, little royal pup. Yeah, a little <laughs> She has all um, intentions of being Kate Middleton's best friend, BFF, right? Yeah, we are BFF. <laughs> Up here. <laughs> I'm probably blacklisted on some list in England for, you know, travel ban or something. Why? Because I'm obsessed with her. Are you stalking her? No, but given the opportunity. <laughs> Was there, what, well, you wouldn't end up being something like Diana with paparazzi. No, I wouldn't go that far. far. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. All right. <laughs> so what is your take? We're going to really quick go into the world family since you, you brought it up. Um, take on Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. I'm going William. I'm going to not put her with him. <laughs> so, you know, shot her around the world was when they left, exited, whatever, gave up their roles. My thing with that is, first of all, Kate always reigned supreme, literally and in my world. But she knew what she was signing up for. There was no surprise. He came with family, baggage, service. You know, service above all is what is the what the royal family is. Now, you know, they have their fair share of skeletons and, you know, life, yeah. life in the public eye will get you. But, they're, I mean, their their job is to serve and she knew that. I mean, who doesn't know who Prince Harry is? I don't, oh, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what he did for a living. Like, get out of here. And she couldn't take it. I think she wanted to capitalize on that a little bit, maybe skyrocket her fame. And I understand, like, the press was not nice to her. No, they weren't. And, and I think I, a lot of it has to do with her being biracial. And I will give her that. They were not nice to her, but they're not nice to anybody. No, no. In all fairness. <laughs> you know that... She was just a new person of the moment. But they were did the same thing to Kate. Clearly, you saw what it did to Diana. 
comes with territory. If that's not something you're interested in, keep on. Do you think that that's caused a bigger chasm or divide between William and Harry now? Oh, for sure. Because William doesn't have an option to, like, leave the royal family. He will be king. Like, you, I don't, I mean, I guess he could, but that's not really something you just, like, drop they, out of. There was one that did. There is one. There's true. There, but then Harry, no, George would be. Who would be the one that? George is next. George, okay. But I don't think he's likely to just dip out on them. And I think Harry's probably always felt second fiddle to William because he's in line for the throne and we have to groom him and do all this because he's going to be king and and I just so I get it I mean royal life isn't for everybody but Harry didn't have a choice that's the life he was born into she did yeah that's true okay going back on to this now are there some days that are harder than others for you as far as now are there some days where your mental you know you have to be away from people because you're not every day I'm just kidding <laughs> Introvert problems. No, yeah, uh, I'm not an introvert. Really? Yeah. No way. Oh, for sure. Guys, I, I threw her in a house with four, three of three of the people you had not really met. You met Emily, but you hadn't met the other two this weekend, and she was laughing and joking <laughs> with all of them by the end of the weekend. By the end of the weekend. Oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. No, no I just I get, I'm a extrovert or introvert, I suppose, but I prefer quiet aloneness. But, oh, for yeah, there's definitely days where I just feel weird or off or just, ugh. but I have to make a conscience, conscious choice every day when I get up to think positively, to be happy, to be thankful, to be grateful, to remember how far I've come. Mm -hmm. And that's a, you know, a decision I may have to make every day for the rest of my life. But if I decide not to that day, then that derails the whole thing and if there are people in my life or that I meet that don't that may pull me down or make me feel bad about myself they just have to go okay so negative people toxic people just out no there. I've done too much work and come too far to let one person and their bad attitude pull me down and so does that include like working with the public on the job or do you have to kind of grin and bear it sometimes well I have to have a job so <laughs> no but for what there's a work environment Mine is, I'm very lucky to work with awesome people. And so mine is pretty good. But, you know, they're just days. Everybody has days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not like I write everybody off just, you know, for having one bad day. But I'm very lucky that most of the people I work with, all of the people, are upbeat, happy, mm -hmm. let's keep going, you know. Yeah, you're talking about more of the people that are, every time you turn around, they're always something negative, always something negative. Or yes. Always trying to, yeah. Or nothing ever goes right for them, or they have a bad day every day. And I'm like, you're letting yourself. Mm -hmm. If you would change your attitude, you might, you'd have a good day every day. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this morning, it's, we woke up, and we had no air conditioning. And I've been in the bad cabin all day long. And Allie was actually out here earlier with me and she actually stayed all day long out here. <laughs> Thankful that we have air conditioning here or, uh, yeah, this interview would not have taken place because when sweat. I went in to fix my makeup, it yeah. was like sweat coming down. Right. But that could have thrown your whole day off and you could have been mad and you could text me. He's like, I'm not in the mood to do this. I'm not, you know, but you yeah. didn't. No, that's true. So how do you, every morning when you wake up, is there a morning routine? You said that you had to do 
practice and your gratitude, what you're thankful for. Is there a morning routine that you do? Like a lot of people journal in the morning. A lot of people read their Bibles, devotionals. What do you do? I don't do anything in the morning. I hit snooze 400 times and then I run out of bed and brush my teeth and throw something on my face and leave. That's how that goes. I'm not a morning person. So doing. But you're always so put together. Well, I usually finish my makeup at work. So that's where that comes from. Uh, I won't lie, but, um, no, I'm not a morning person, you know, and a lot of people, that's how they start their day. They get their coffee, they get their Bible and all that, but I, I don't do mornings and not even Jesus would like me in the morning. Cause I'm just not, I'm not a happy person to be around. I like to do mine at night and I do a reader devotion and then I journal with it. And then I always write down, I call it the four P's, the pit peak prayer request and the praise of my day I love that. and I end my day on a good note every night I write the pit is obviously something that went wrong or bad or and it's sometimes it's something stupid like it's hot out okay so like the pit it, do you also brainstorm about how you can make it a pit a praise later sometimes that happens because I write it down so I can look back yeah, and see and that's the fun part about it, especially like prayer requests I can look back and see where he answered mm -hmm. prayers but I mean, there's not, and sometimes I don't have one. Sometimes I just had a good day all around, so I don't write anything. And sometimes I've had a really, really bad day, and the, but the peak is I woke up to live another day, or the peak is I get to try again tomorrow, or. Oh, the peak could be Windsor, Jake, and what's the other dog? Jack. Jack. I yes. The J. That's just Their it. Their faces. Yes. Yeah. There's something, there. every day might not be good, but there's something good in every day. I love that. And if you're alive and taking a breath, that's good enough. Anything else is icing on the cake. Is there any special tools? Do you just get a, a regular notebook and just write your things? Yeah. You... I just have a notebook. That's I write the day and then I write, you know, maybe verses that go with devotions or texts from it or, you know, if it's a book we're doing or something like that. It just depends. But no, it's just a plain old notebook. Now let's talk about, the, since you said the book we're doing, the Proverbs 31 book. Um, what was it, the one that we did with Wendy Blythe? Remember the name of Hidden Joy in a Dark Corner. Yes. Let's talk about that one because that one's a huge impact on both you and me. I yes. Mean, we met almost every week during this, the time that they six you, um, weeks. Six weeks. We met for dinner and we would have two to three hour conversations about oh, stuff yeah. like that. That book just sets, set my soul on fire in all the best ways. Like, I just want to keep reading. And it was hard to stop so you could follow the plan. But she talks, her story is different than mine and different than yours. Mm -hmm. She experienced some major, major trauma that really shaped her life. But she just talks about working through it with her faith and how she just couldn't let it control her anymore. The fear was paralyzing and everybody's afraid of something. Mm -hmm. And she, fear of failure is a big one for me. And like you didn't want to. Get on here and do this. Yes, this I is know. a big fear this that was you. Like a huge anxiety for me. I always wanted to be behind, behind the, the camera. camera and never in front. And it happened during COVID, and it actually happened during the Kikozy Art stuff. And we came into the my the mindset coach that was looking at. Right, and but. so you know, you she just talked about how she put all her faith and trust in God and learned to and read the Word and learned how to apply it to her life and how He just guided her and. You know, I was like, well, if he can do that for her, he can do that for me. He can do it for you. Mm -hmm. And that made all the difference. Wow. So 
you said you don't have a morning routine because you're no. basically hitting snooze, hitting snooze. Do you at least lay out your clothes before you go to bed at night? Yes. Okay. So I do. I just keep a bunch of outfits together Oops. and then whatever I feel and I just grab. Okay. So it's like, okay, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm out the door. Mm -hmm. And normally how often, what time do you get to work? I have to get you on that one. Eight. Obviously we work eight to five. <laughs> I have to get her on that one because she's known to be coming in hot. Always. Always texting me saying, I'm coming in hot. Like Always. At dinner. Now, what is one thing that you would suggest to somebody who is going through, like, the anxiety, the not thinking there's anything good, besides journaling, besides doing the four Ps? What is something else? Do you think physical exercise helps or... I'm yeah. sure it does. I'm not really the one to but, speak on that. But you are on the treadmill now i do yeah but that's more about i make myself that's not a stress reliever for me it just you have to find your thing like for me it's like i said i like to play windsor or i like to watch youtube videos or blog or you have to find your outlet so that may be physical exercise that may be coffee with a friend that may be just spending 15 minutes alone with yourself and you know getting it all out there like if you you can't lie to yourself you can lie to anybody else but you can't you can only tell yourself you're okay for so long. But something that really helped me was I would open a Word document on my computer because I can type faster than I can write. And I would just do like a brain dump. Just everything that was on my mind, good, bad, indifferent, whatever, went on that document. It was like a vent, mm -hmm. way to vent. And because you feel better when you let it out, no matter what it is that's bothering you. And then I'd erase it and close my computer, and I'm like, I'm done with that. Oh, so you erase it. You don't even... No. Because I know some people actually print them out, and then they, like, burn them, like, they're up in the... Like, yeah. Symbolic. Yeah, I delete it, and then and close the computer, and I've given that all the time where I'm going to give it. Wow. Now, would the younger hand have done, would have done that? I would do that, but I wouldn't let it go. That's I would tell myself part. I did. That's the hard part. And yeah. I might for, like, a day. Like a little string, mm -hmm. pulling, and all of a sudden it's like the sweater unraveling. You yeah, just keep pulling and pulling and pulling, and before you know it, you have it all unraveled in your a hot mess. Mm -hmm. So, what would you tell the younger Hannah? You'll figure it out. You don't have to have your whole life figured out when you're 17, 18. I mean, there are people far older than me that don't have their life figured out or have it all together. I don't know that anybody really ever has it all together, but you strive for this image that society, your family, whatever, thinks is the path for you. And you feel obligated to stay on that path and hit all those crosswalks and check all those marks and it's kind of do, derail and do your own thing. Now let's talk about when you first came home, because I remember you telling me you showed up at the driveway and, and your, when you were younger and your dad, well, your dad asked you, right? Yeah. What are you doing home? And then they, they were very, very supportive of you. They weren't like, oh, you're going back up there or anything. Let's yeah. talk about, have you ever had conversations with them? I know you, some have a little bit of conversation with them. No, I didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew my struggles. Nobody. And so to throw that on them was a little bit much. But it was my, at that point, it was the job that was really taxing and wearing on me. And my dad said, well, quit. I said, I can't quit. You know, I already depend on y'all far more than I want to. And if I have no income, then I'm exactly where I'm trying to get away from and don't want to be. And he's like, figure it out, just quit. You can't live like that. So I did. So you, 
the fact that you had supportive parents helped you out a lot. Oh, for sure. Because there's a lot of kids out there that they don't think their parents will understand. They don't think that they can actually get a mom and dad and say, hey, look, this is how I'm feeling. And this is what's going on with me. But they should take a risk, right? Yeah. And, and I don't even parents. think they knew that night that, that it had I stayed in Raleigh. That's what I was going to They did. They learned later when I got my tattoo. They learned because I wrote about it. But I've, I had never face-to-face -face told them that. So how do they feel about it now that they know? Were they, like, shocked they couldn't see the signs? Or they didn't. Well, nobody in my family never dealt with anything like that. It's different if you know somebody or, you know, you're, you're somebody personally or close to you has gone through it, but nobody else in my family really has these kinds of issues. So it was just, so I just, nobody, nobody knew what to do about it. Like, I didn't know what it, like I said, I didn't even know what it was. And, but my mom was like, if you need to talk to somebody or you need something, whatever you need, we'll, we'll make it work. Don't, don't feel like that. Don't sit there and not do anything about it. I honestly can see your mom doing that. Yeah your mom's such a sweetheart and your dad too your dad cracks me up i've never met i've met oh no i met him once yeah he came at that the night. church yeah but um but you also created something that a lot of it she's amazing handwriting and so you created a business kind of like a little offshoot business like a hobby business yeah with hand lettering mm -hmm. so and i've been begging you <laughs> about, about doing the hand lettering again i know i the, need to you did the lowercase no yeah. i need to do that I know. Face. I need to. I need so to. So, if anybody's ever followed me on Instagram and seen where I've done any bit of any little bit, I haven't done a lot. <laughs> any little bit of hand lettering. It's all of this girl right here. She is all 100%. And I want to say she's definitely one of the people that pushing me to do. I don't think you pushed me to do this, but I think you just pushed me out of my comfort zone, yeah. so where I can start expressing myself to people and start and try just talk, try something else talking about topics that a lot of people don't really want to talk about yeah and it's topics that people need to talk about exactly because you look at the suicide rate in the united states and it's it's up there especially right now with everything that's going on in the world and mm -hmm. yeah so you just and i want to thank you hannah for coming and sharing your story because i think even if it's just one person you touch your it's touched by your story that's one life that you saved yeah, so I definitely want to thank you for that. Well, thank you for having me. And, guys, I hope you enjoyed the very first in-person <laughs> chat from the blog cabin. That I am so glad that it was you that did the first. Me one. too. And I, you know what? I didn't even suggest this. Hannah suggested that she come. Well, you know, some things fall together so other things can come. To, some things fall apart so other things can come together. So, yep. And we are. our live last Monday when you were on the Internet, at your I think house. It was Monday, yeah. I think it was last Monday. There's still still a little short snippet <laughs> up on the um, on the Facebook page now. If you guys want to go see that, but I will actually put in the show notes of the suicide hotline. If you even want, reach out to talk to somebody. You said you can chat online on a computer as well. Mm -hmm. Anything like that. With the National Suicide Organization, I believe it's called. Yeah, I will put those in the show notes so that you guys can see that. And definitely, if you, please, if you are ever thinking about taking your life, stop and think. Don't you have her it. Instagram, and she put mine on there. Uh -huh. you've, you've got a friend in us, so, yes, yeah. We'll because be glad to talk to you. I'm a mom of three girls. You're the mom of a dog. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, my girls suffer all three of them suffered with anxiety. And I always thought it was something I did as a mom because I'd suffered from it as well. Right. But 
it's just something yeah. that just happened. So, so guys, thank you for tuning in. And remember, you are worthy, you are loved, and most important, your life is worth something. So please think twice Amen. before anything happens. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>Wow, I hope you really learned a lot from Hannah. I loved how she talked about each night, how she sits down and writes the four Ps down. And even if she doesn't feel like she's been grateful for anything that day, she writes down, at least she woke up breathing. Mental health and suicide is a very, very important issue that we all kind of seem to not want to talk about. But it's something that we all need to talk about. Now remember, if you're even contemplating suicide, there is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. And as Hannah said, if you feel like you need someone to chat or talk with, you can reach out to both her and I on Instagram. I will say that I am so blessed to have Hannah in my life. And if you are thinking about ending your life, think about the future people that your life would have the effect on think about I didn't know Hannah when she was contemplating this but she's made it made such a huge impact on my life I can't imagine my life without her I can't imagine not meeting her and sitting down and having chats with her and coffee with her I can imagine her not being here last night for the first chats from the log cabin in person in chat so please remember you are loved you are worthy and most important, you are important. So please don't ever think it's that bad that you have to end your life. Because no matter what, there's always something good around the corner. Now remember, I have turned these chats in the blog cabin into not only this podcast, but they first appear on Facebook Lives, and then I put them on YouTube. So if you want to see the faces behind the voices, you can see them there. I will link in the show notes, the suicide hotline, the place where Hannah talked about where the suicide prevention lifeline, where you can talk to someone in person, have a chat on the internet. If you're very worried about the stigma of having anxiety or thinking about suicide and you are feeling worthless and embarrassed because you're having those thoughts, you can sit behind the computer screen trolls on the internet do that all the time so why can't you you certainly are more important than them i also will link hannah's story her the youtube page where she posts about right talks about her story she wrote about it too but she talks about her story i will also put her instagram links as well as her blog links and guys like i said you're important no matter what. Thank you for being part of the Chats from the Vlog Cabin family. I love each and every one of you, even if I've not met you in person. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and to leave a rating and a review because that helps me out a lot. And if you have any topics that you want to discuss, let me know. I, honestly, I'm open to, for discussion about anything. And I'm so excited that Hannah has agreed to come back on 
for another in-person chat from the blog cabin where we're going to do hot topics because we just kind of fed off each other last night. So be blessed. Remember you are loved. You are worthy. Your life means something. And most importantly, keep chatting. Hey y'all, if you know me in real life, you know that what you see is what you get. I'm pretty authentic. But you also hear me say how much I love supporting worthwhile causes and people. I feel like support, that's basically where you put your money, is the most powerful tool that the internet has to offer. And it gives you a voice to your dollars. The cool folks at Anchor have made a way for you to support your favorite podcasts, such as Chats from the Blog Cabin. If you're in the U.S., you can visit my podcast profile on desktop or mobile browser to give a little monetary support each month, whatever you can afford, basically. If you do want to donate, it will be greatly appreciated. So go to my page, Chats from the Blog Cabin. You can find my page at anchor.fm backslash Chats from the Blog Cabin. I'll do my best to pay it forward through content and giving back.